Good day, everyone. Hope everyone's been well. I know it's been a few weeks since I've been here, but uh, I'm back. I uh, honestly, as of as like all of you, likely, uh, I just assume that everyone's like me, and we're all kind of disassociated from the clown show that's going on. Uh, and it's been what three weeks? It's uh, it's indeed a clown show, uh, no questions asked. And on topic for today's today's check in. We're basically at a point in society, in politics, in just discourse, public discourse, with personal relationships and and governance, all of it. Society as we know it is it has changed, and government as we know it has changed. Um, the world as we know it is unrecognizable um, from what it was pre-COVID. And I think what you're seeing now with with the the timelines and everything kind of coming coming out is is it's not things changing today. It's us realizing that things have changed. Um, as you see globally, uh, everyone shifting away from the American dollar. Uh, that's a whole conversation in itself. But but nonetheless, there's BRICS the the. South African, South American, Russia, China, um, they do pose a threat to the economic power of the U.S. dollar. Um, and you're starting to see a lot of that play out now. Um, and it sounds doomsday-ish. Uh, if, you, if you stay focused on it too much, uh, it's very easy to slip into this absolutism where this is the end of the world. It's not the end of the world, but a lot of things are changing in a way that is going to be very unfamiliar, unrecognizable. Uh, the, the American dollar is no longer going to be uncontested as the, the top bank, basically. As you see these other nations start to deal in Chinese yen and, and other forms of currency, Stepping away from the petrodollar, uh, ideally you see uh, a recircling of the wagons, and we get back to like a gold standard would be ideal. However, that's not necessarily likely, um, as you see these economies become a threat to the American way. As you look at history, you understand full well that that likely just means war, because. If we can't influence you economically, we're just going to attack you physically. Um, yeah, it's 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 wild. Um, I I don't want to spend too much time just doom and gloom, um, but there isn't a lot of good to talk about this week. Uh, I mean, the weather's turning great. Uh, me and the boys got riding all friggin' weekend. It was awesome, uh, and I'm looking at like the next two or three weeks of just epic riding. And I can't wait. I can't wait for a distraction to just check out and ignore more of this. Uh, at this point, we're at, we're at the save yourself stage. Um, and a lot of people are starting to realize just, just how messed up everything is. Um, you look at policy changes in Canada. Uh, the NDP have tabled a motion to outlaw protests within a hundred meters of every drag event. Uh, and it should be noted like one, we live in a democracy, presumably, uh, where the right to pr peaceful protest is, is enshrined 
codified in law, um, we're going to ignore the fact that we're now putting limits on protest uh, under the assumption that any protest that's not peaceful has always been illegal. Um, but here in Canada, we're, we're notorious for offensive laws, um, laws of offense, where if I feel offended, it doesn't matter my in, the other person's intent or their actions. As, the only subjective, objective, sorry, it shouldn't be objective, but the only objective measure would be the recipient's offense. If I take offense to that, it, become, it makes it a crime. So the NDP have tabled this bill that uh, seeks to ban protests within 100 meters of any drag event uh, at the Alphabet Mob, two IAP, plus. And I really wonder what the plus is because it's to me, it's you're getting very close to not saying the quiet part out loud, but you're almost saying it out loud. Um, we know minor attracted people, quote-unquote, pedophiles, somehow fit under that umbrella. <laughs> so I, I, I always get a little, my, my guard goes up when I hear the plus because it's like, who are you talking about? Is it, are, are we going to, are you going to disavow these people? No, no, not unlike the people on the right disavow Nazis. And most of the people on the left will sit there and disavow commies. Um, where, in the alphabet, will you draw your lines? Can you get that in writing? Um, but no, I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> and you may be a centrist and you might be like, okay, well, you shouldn't heckle or protest these events. Fine. But you understand the mechanism you're doing is you are slowly shaving parts of democracy off. Oh, well, we don't need to protest for this. We'll, we'll legislate that, but not this. It, it's the slippery slope, not fallacy. It's the slippery slope reality. Um, and based on what I've seen, there's no appetite for that to do anything but pass. Uh, even the, the milk toast conservative parties of the provinces and the country both seem to not be taking a battle with that. Um, again, optically, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good when you object to quote unquote protecting vulnerable people. However, this, these protests weren't a thing until they came for kids. Like honestly, somebody framed it for me the other day, very, very succinctly. And it's like, where are the two places you can go to see a drag show? It's either at a nightclub or an elementary school slash library. There is no in between. It's, it's like why? Okay. We all can agree that a nightclub Adults can go do what the hell they want. I don't agree with bars at two in the morning and the behavior that happens there. I don't go there. I don't support these things. And truthfully, anyone at that place, they're full adults. They can do what the hell they want. They can, they can waste their life away and act like heathens. That's fine. That's them. That's okay. That's a safe place. You go do your, your, your performances in an environment where they actively can participate, they understand what they're going to, they're adults. But why is it that the only other place is the complete antithesis of an adult nightclub? You're going to a children's school, like a school full of kids or a public library full of kids. So on one hand, you're, you're recruiting, you're, you're approaching the correct audience 
adults, and the other, you're, you're doing the complete polar opposite. Uh, there's no in-between. It's not like you're going to, you know, the coffee house at 3 p.m. where, you know, you could have a mix of people. Nope, you're going straight for the kids. Um, so, I mean, say what you will. I have my gripes about the the indoctrination and, and the religiosity behind some of that movement. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a staunch liberty. Just leave me the hell alone and I'll leave you alone. I don't have to invade your space where you, you do your thing. Just keep it in a respectable manner. Like, fine, you want to be a heathen and debauchery. Go do that behind closed doors. And I don't mean like stay home, force and look like, no, you go to a club. You go to a club, whether it's straight, gay, whatever, it's an adult nightclub, go to a strip club, whatever. Keep it in an appropriate environment. That's like, hey, I want to go drag racing. I'm not going to go to the Walmart parking lot. I'll go to the drag track. Why? Because that's an appropriate venue where people aren't going to get... People know what they signed up for. They know the risks involved. They know what to expect. You're not going to have innocent people at risk because I'm at a drag track. I'm not at a Walmart shopping mart. But... I digress. I, uh, I I have to temper my... It's so easy to get worked up, and this is probably half the reason I only record an episode once a month at this point. Um, but moving forward, the next topic I, I we have to touch on is the, the state of the union in the states. And uh, I'm going to have to get a beer before that. Give me one second. <sighs> That's better. All right. So we're talking Big Daddy Trump and the American political system. Uh, I was talking to a friend on, on the weekend and I had mentioned, I'm like, historically speaking, and again, we have, we're living in history. So it, it makes sense to frame what we're living now by the same kind of measure as before. History doesn't repeat itself, but it, it often rhymes. Um, typically speaking from a, from a historical standpoint, empires last on average about 250 years plus or minus like 10, 20 years frame of reference, the States is, I think, uh, 246 roughly, um, right now. So we're right on the cusp of historical timelines for collapse. Um, and you look at the state of affairs in, in the States and again, global, this applies everywhere, but, um, they're, they've indicted Donald Trump. This is not news. Um, they're coming after him for paper crimes. I, uh, <laughs> I went and got my taxes done on the weekend and I love the people that they're, they're family friends. They're basically family, um, that do my taxes and love them to death, but we don't talk politics because they are straight up. Like they are Marxists and they know it. They admit it. They don't hide it. Uh, I was actually told that their, their vision is to make Canada orange, um, strictly NDP. And, uh, yeah, that didn't go over well. Um, funny enough when you, you talk, they bring up, Jagmeet Singh talking about Galen Weston's pay raises, the, the CEO for, I believe, Loblaws. Um, but yeah, talking about the pay raises, well, it, I had mentioned, well, it's a little ironic when you've got Jagmeet Singh pressing the CEO on, on his profiteering while wearing a $60,000 Rolex. And the, the speed at which they can excuse that away is hilarious. It's like, fine, believe what you believe, but at least keep it consistent. Like, and they're staunchly anti-Trump. And at this point, I don't care either. I, I think Trump served a very necessary role. That that's that that use is done. Uh, I think his his 
best use would now be to try and push to have somebody put in that's that's going to actually move it forward. He came in and wrecked it, which was absolutely necessary. Don't question it at all. Did some great things. Your time is up. You did your job. Let somebody else come and do the next the next step of the job, which is necessary and you can't do. But that's not how it's going to be because we have ego involved. Uh, and say what you want for or against Trump, the guy's got an ego. Possibly earned, deserved, maybe. Cool. I'm not here to argue that. But they're coming after him. And the thing that drives me nuts is like, of all the things you can probably get him with, you're just going to go for paper crimes. And for context, the the paper crimes, improper uh, like business filings or whatever, um, the only way they become federal charges, federal crimes, where they can actually put him in jail for it, is if they're tied to another felony. Uh, right now, it looks like they're tying it to like election um laws but these are charges that the election committee already chose to not pursue so from the federals they're the weakest charges i've ever seen uh it's so weak that you've got mainstream media in the states talking about this is kind of soft um truthfully if you're going to go like full political despot and persecute your political enemies i mean at least go full force like this half-assed stuff it's just all they're going to do is pour gas on the Republican base and really kind of like milk toast at the Democrat base where it's like, we want you to do something, but you guys keep sucking. So it's, it's a a very limp wristed attempt at best. Uh, it's already backfiring. It's going to continue to backfire. Um, Politically speaking, I don't actually care. Uh, I was talking to my parents there the other week and again, still leftists, still like completely brainwashed by whatever CTV says, that is their opinion. Um, but the, the look on their faces when I'm like, no, they, they should arrest him. They should, they should arrest him and they should arrest Bush and Obama and Clinton and Nancy Pelosi. And it's like, I have no problem with political accountability. Uh, these politicians should not be above the law. Uh, get them for legitimate laws and crimes. Uh, but it's like, if, if you're going to play this game, at least apply it evenly. I'm of the mind that like all politicians at this point should just be in jail. It's like everyone's got blood on their hands. Everyone's done some terrible stuff. Uh, Obama directly ordered the death of an American citizen abroad in Afghanistan, but he actively knew the guy was American, uh, and not convicted of anything. Um, where you've got Clinton for his own stuff, Hillary for the, the email server, like she took a hammer to her own devices. I mean, how much more culpable do you get? Um, but you've got Bush, like you can't tell me you're coming after Trump for paper crimes and you can't have any dirt on any of these other presidents. I think maybe Jimmy Carter, who's now no longer even with us may like, he might be the next in line that may be actually not convictable. <laughs> which is which is wild, but it, it's true. So it's like if you're going to come after it, bipartisan, but they won't because they don't want that. Although the Democrats have kind of opened Pandora's box on this one. They are in for a, a hell of an awakening. I, I believe it was a Florida grand jury has found Biden guilty of, uh, I believe it was racketeering um, in regards to the Burisma scandal and the kickbacks 10% for the big guy type stuff. So 
expect in the near future that indictments are going to start coming out against Democratic congresspeople and leadership. But I believe Biden, and truthfully, I think they might let Biden fall on it. Uh, they they don't really know what to do with him either. He, his polling numbers are the worst they've ever, I think he was at 33% approval last I saw. And it's, it's just going to get worse because he's not gaining any more faculty. Like you, the guy is a friggin' potato. It should be considered senior abuse. I would, I would say it's senior abuse if the guy wasn't a depraved human and probably deserved much worse. Um, but we'll see. Uh, all I can say outside of speculation, outside of partisanship, looking at the state of affairs right now in, in America, in Canada, in the world, we are in a, we're, we've been in a tailspin for some time and it's now just becoming more apparent to those who haven't realized it. It's, it's becoming harder to ignore. You're seeing more of the signs. It doesn't mean we're spinning more now. It's just more obvious. Uh, I, I believe just as I sat down, I saw, I saw talk that China has now encircled Taiwan and they're calling it a military exercise. However, um, that's, that should be cause for concern. Um, people don't realize how important Taiwan is to the global economy. Uh, they are the number one superconductor chip manufacturer in the world. And, uh, it is direct government policy that if, if any military action happens, they, those facilities will be the first targets to go. Um, if not by their own hand, uh, that is technology they cannot allow to slip into other hands. Um, and people are not ready to talk about what the, the impact of shutting down the global supply of chips would be. Uh, you would basically have no new cars for like a year and a half, if not more. The time it takes to, to get up to speed on this is insane. And they've just, they've just started manufacturing facilities to try and offset the dependency that they found out during COVID. And that wasn't even full stoppage. That was just shipping delays. So, and that, and that's just from the tech aspect, the geopolitical aspect, the context between Russia, China, like it, it just feels like we're on, like we're in world war three and we're just waiting for the world to realize it. Um, you've got global posturing and, uh, and, economic sanction warfare and you you're seeing the alliances the lines are being drawn every day and it may not be from a military standpoint but when i talk about the brics nations where india south africa brazil all of these nations have signed economic agreements um but they're being very public about it and pronounced it's it's not just economic it's, it's allegiance. It's I'm on your side and we're in this. Uh, and when you look at BRICS, they're directly taking a stab at the States and I'm a full free market capitalist, like go for it. I, I don't think we should be living under, under a single authoritarian rule when it comes to world economy, world economy. That being said, I also understand the history of the states and they will not go quietly into the night. They will not share the the table if they're not sitting at the top of it uh, or if 
they bump somebody off the front of the table, and then instead you've just got two people at the front sides. They will not share. They're like an angry dad in the 60s. Get the hell out of my chair, or you're getting the belt. So knowing that, and knowing how that really only has one way out, uh, yeah, uh, the case for World War Three is it's getting bigger and bigger every day. I, historically speaking, there will be a World War Three. Chances are it'll happen in my lifetime. There is a not 0% chance that it, we're already in it. It's already started. We just don't realize it. Um, but yeah, tailspins. It's just tailspins. This is why I don't really want to check in because there's nothing good to say. And at best, I'm telling you guys what you already know. And at worst, I'm kind of putting it into a, a better focus for you. And now you realize, oh shit, it really is not good. Um, I don't love these. Uh, but And I, I feel sometimes that, like I'm just preaching to the choir. You guys all, all get it. But uh, for the ones that don't or just so you don't feel like you're crazy, like I sometimes feel, uh, you're not alone. I, I see it. We all see it. And uh, not, there's nothing, there's nothing you and I can do to stop it. Uh, the chips are already in play. It's way too high level at this point. And we, I just go back to the episode, save yourself. Do what you can economically, resource-wise, to just get yourself in the best vantage point. Uh, have weapons, and I don't mean necessarily for defense, be able to, to sustain life, uh, be able to hunt, be able to harvest if you need to, uh, grow some, keep some seeds, grow some plants, expand that. Like if you've, if you've got 10 vegetables in your garden this year, maybe plant 15, 20 expand, do, do little things, get engaged with your community, go to your, go to your local church, volunteer at your local soup kitchen, do something to learn a skill and, and get involved with community because Though this problem is global and it's top level, the solution is so opposite. It's small, local. Um, you look at any war and it's the churches that held things together. It's the churches that rebuilt communities. And, and it's the men and women that sacrificed for those local churches that did it. And just get ahead of the game. Stay ahead and uh, try to stay sane because it's, it's not easy. Uh, Trust me, I get it, but uh, here we are, nonetheless, another episode. I'll see you guys in like three weeks, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, um, but whenever the mood strikes, we'll uh, we'll sit down and record another episode. Actually, now that I mention that, we're going to have uh, a former guest back maybe next week, so maybe sooner than later, and uh, we'll touch on all the fun topics. Anyway, till then, stay free, everyone, and uh, try to stay sane. Cheers.
Fly away with me. Come, come, come and fly away with me.